Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. And we've got lots on the table, including the latest FOMC minutes, some concerns about China, and also the latest earnings around the retail sector. Let's unpack it with Shane Oliver. He is the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Good morning, Shane. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Ryan. Hope you're well. Yes, we are well and hope you are too. Let's start with the minutes first. And this seems to be in focus, for markets at least, where we are now perhaps looking at more rate hikes on the table. What's your sense of where things are going from here, Shane? What stood up for you for the minutes? Well, the the minutes always annoy me because uh, the, the meeting was three weeks ago. And after that meeting, Jerome Powell sounded kind of neutral, almost dropping their tightening bias, or at least not referring to it. Mm. Whereas the minutes from the same meeting, so the market took one interpretation from that, which was relatively dovish. And of course, now the market's got a hawkish, relatively hawkish interpretation because the minute referred to significant upside risks on inflation in the US and a still tight jobs market all of which uh, leaves the door well and truly open for another rate hike come the September meeting. So, of course, didn't help. And then, of course, coming on the back of some stronger data for retail sales, industrial production and so on, it sort of adds to this uncertainty now about what will happen with US interest rates. Is the US economy perhaps too strong? Uh, Does that mean the Fed has to do more? And so you can sort of see why share markets have gotten a bit more twitchy over the last few days. Yeah, do you get a sense that there is room for more rate hikes with where the US economy is right now? You've got the labour market still quite resilient. Uh, on the other hand, they seem to be flagging some risks around commercial real estate. So how do you well, square these factors off? I must admit it's uh, messy. Those retail sales and industrial production figures were strong. But by the same token, Amazon had something called a prime day in there, which seems to have potentially brought spending forward. And the industrial production figures were distorted to some degree by what was going on in auto production in the US. So, yes, we got some strong readings, but we don't know how or whether that's going to be sustained. In the meantime, we've got other data showing, uh, you know, a slowing in housing related indicators, mm. very low mortgage approvals in the US or mortgage commitments for new loans. Uh, Home Builders Survey starting to weaken again, uh, mortgage rates on the rise again. Uh, It's presented a very messy picture on the US economy. Our feeling is that Fed has probably peaked and topped out, but the risk of another rate hike is high. And you can't ignore that fact that you referred to, that is commercial real estate. Commercial real estate is in real trouble in the US. We're probably less than halfway through big downgrades to commercial property values. This is office values not helped by higher interest rates, which means um, less attractive valuations for those uh, properties and also working from home. If people are only working in the office two or three days a week, then there's something like a 40 50% reduction in space demand, which pushes up underlying vacancy rates. So all of that's uh, weighing and confusing the picture a bit. And of course, that has an impact on banks in the US because mm. many small and mid-sized banks have made these commercial property loans and they might turn sour. So, again, the Fed needs to be a little bit cautious here. The the next meeting is still a while away. It's in September. At this stage, we think they're going to be on hold, but you still got that high risk that they might do another hike. But I I think the risk is they end up overdoing it. Yeah, Shane, talk about banks. Uh, They are in focus this this week as well because Fitch Ratings is saying they might downgrade some banks. This, of course, you might remember them downgrading the credit rating for the U.S., 
what sort of trouble is the banking sector in right now? Well, it, it is a, a problem. We saw the issues earlier this year, I think in March, with Silicon Valley Bank and there's a few others that uh, went kaput, went bust, <laughs> were taken over by the authorities. The, the, their deposits were protected. Uh, fortunately, things since then, things have settled down, helped by liquidity measures from the Fed. But the underlying issues still remain. Um, some would still have exposure to bonds and bond yields kept rising in the US, so that causes problems for them on the asset side. They've also made loans to commercial property. So that the risks are still there. And we saw you know, a couple of weeks ago, Moody's, I think, downgraded about eight mid and small US banks. Fitch is threatening to do the same thing. And obviously, those issues are still bubbling away beneath the surface. And, of course, the problem is that you've got hundreds of banks in the U.S. And mm. It's not all the big ones like J.P. Morgan's. It's, it's like hundreds of lots of little banks in communities. If they stop lending because they're worried about uh, making more bad loans or worried about their asset values, then that obviously affects the U.S. economy and economic growth down the track. But, of course, all of these things take a while to show up. It may not all show up until early next year. And again, it sort of cautions the Fed. You know, on the one hand, yes, they've got this inflation problem. How the Fed it's receded a lot. On the other hand, that if they tighten too much, they could end up in a in a severe recession. All right, we are in conversation with Shane Oliver, head of investment strategy and chief economist at AMP Capital. Now, Shane, talking about banks, but this time in China, one of China's biggest shadow banks has skipped payments on several investment products, and this is the bank called Zhongrong. Uh, it sparked some rare protests in Beijing. How much of a red flag is this for you when it comes to China right now? Well, I, I think it's another red flag. It relates again to the property issues in China. We've heard. Uh, last year, Evergrande. This year, I think Country Garden having uh, problems in making their payments. That, that those issues are still bubbling away beneath the surface. I think the products that uh, this this bank is you know, stop making payments on are property related products. The basic issue in China is that they ha- they save too much as a nation. They used to be able to recycle that savings into investment, which would go into factories to make exports. But of course. There's now limitations on uh, demand for Chinese exports, particularly with the geopolitical tension. So that's a bit of an issue there. So they've moved on to property over the years and they've ended up with an oversupply of property, which is a major problem. And uh, and now that's starting to have an impact. Um, so these, these things are all worth keeping an eye on. I, I, I think the Chinese authorities will jump in there and provide stimulus and um, avoid a messy collapse in the property sector. But it's still going to be a constraint on growth going forward and we can't rely on China being the sort of the, the, the huge engine of global growth and regional growth mm. that it was, say, a decade ago. The outlook for China is now much murkier, uh, more constrained than it was. And these property issues are just, are just just another red flag along that front. All right. So quite a gloomy conversation so far, Shane. So lots of bad news for investors to watch out for. Maybe you can help us out with some um, good news, bright spots that perhaps we can look towards. Where should investors be looking right now? Well, uh, yeah, it does sound kind of gloomy, doesn't it? I must admit, I'm sitting in here in Sydney and it's a nice sunny day outside <laughs> and uh, and our women's soccer team have, have uh, performed far better than yes. uh, many might have expected and surprised everybody making it this far, although unfortunately they had a bad night last night. So there has been some good news out there. Things aren't all gloomy. Um, and, and I think in a broader picture set, you know, despite all the gloom around the global economy, it, it has managed to hang in there and inflation has managed to ease. And so... Yeah, we are going through this period, August, September. We know from history, it's a rough time of the year, often for share markets, and maybe that's what we're now seeing. The US share market down almost 4% from its uh, high at the end of July. But by the same token, yeah, that could just be a correction. 
And if the global economy continues to sort of manage to grow, you get a bit of stimulus coming out of China, the US economy manages to avoid a recession, uh, and central banks do get off the break a little bit, because I think we're either at or close to mm. the top, despite what the minutes were telling us uh, from the Fed the other night. Yeah, well, all of those things suggest that the global economy might just turn out to be okay. So it, it does sound kind of gloomy, all these issues in China, uh, central banks still twitchy and so on. But, but the broader picture is that things have been a lot more resilient globally. And so we are going through this, this period, which could see a correction, September, October, August, September, October is often rough. Just just bear in mind that it could just be a correction. You should really be looking for buying opportunities there. Mm. Um, and obviously markets that get hit the hardest um, are the, probably the ones that you should be looking at to buy into. So might be a bit too early yet. I, I'd be waiting for All some right. time in September. But if this correction continues for a while, it could provide opportunities for investors who right. missed out so far to get in. Look at a glass half full and maybe some light at the end of the tunnel. We've been chairing Shane Oliver. He's the Head of Investment Strategy and Chief Economist for AMP Capital. Shane, thank you for your time today. My pleasure, Ryan. All the best for the day ahead. Thank you. Stay safe and stick with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.